0: Hi, and good afternoon. My name is Nico Heller, and this is Reboot 2030, the Democracies School's uh, YouTube channel. Um, we started Reboot 2030 about six months ago with the uh, the intention and the ambition to, to start a sort of a longer term dialogue with uh, change makers, innovators, um, thinkers, activists, transformational leaders, people who want to try to turn the the sort of the global crises that we're experiencing at so many levels at the moment round for the benefit of a better world. Um, Over the past six months, we have covered a whole host of uh, different topics, including uh, topics related to climate change, to empowerment and participation. Uh, to Europe and the EU, uh, to global competition and uh, cooperation, uh, and, uh, last but not least, to federalism and and democracy. Uh, Today, um, we have a a very different kind of person uh, joining us, uh, an artist, an architect, uh, one of the leading architects, in fact, uh, currently or for some time now working in the UK, a, a lady called Alenka Petrokova, she works for uh, Zada Hadid Architects, uh, one of the leading architectural firms, um, really, you know, in not just in London, but, but really, I would almost so to say uh, in Europe. Uh, and she has, she has built and has worked uh, you know, across uh, um, a number of continents. She's worked in the US, she's worked in Europe. Um, and, um, and of course, uh, uh, she has worked in, in her home country where she originally is from, uh, from Slovakia. Um, she is trained both as an architect and as an engineer so she she brings various kind of aspects uh, to, uh, to, to her craft um, and uh, she is working currently or has been working on the side on a really ambitious project which has drawn my attention because it, it looks at the future. Um, a future that is potentially quite bleak, um, in quite a positive in quite a positive way. She is working on a thing she calls the Eighth Continent. It's a massive, a huge floating uh, station. It floats in the ocean, and it it's like a, it's like a large vacuum cleaner. It it, it hoovers up um, debris and, and, and cleans the water, but it does a lot more. So um, I see uh, that Elenka has actually arrived. She's in the waiting room, so I will invite her in. Um, and, um, and uh, basically ask her to say a few more words about herself. There she's coming on. I think I can see her coming on. Um, is she there? Hi. Hi. You need to turn your camera on. Yes, yes. There you are. Hi. Hi, hello. Well, thank you very much for for making time in your busy, busy schedule uh, uh, to talk to me about the the Eighth Continent. Uh, Let me tell you a little bit first about the format of of, of Reboot 2030. We think of it very much as a conversation. So um, and we think of it as a conversation of two people that are essentially on the same side. So, you know, you don't have to expect any assassinations or any sniping from the sidelines. This is really about trying to understand where you're coming from uh, and and, and what this ambitious project, The Eighth Continent, is all about. Um, I think because it's so hard to really get a sense of how ambitious this really is without seeing it, uh, we're sort of breaking with protocol because usually we don't want PowerPoint presentations on, on, our, on, on, on our channel because it's it's so trite and, and, and done. But in this case, we do make an exception and I have prepared this and I can share this screen. So I'll try and see what, how that works. Um, we should both be staying there and we should be able to, yeah, there we are. Uh, and we can both see this. So, so this is basically a sort of the still and there's a film prepared for, for our viewers. Uh, and what I suggest is because it's it's a silent movie as it were, I let it run and maybe you could just talk over it and say a few things about, you know, the different aspects of the project. Is that okay? Yeah, sure. Okay, so let's see.
1: Great, so thank you very much for having me and uh... I will introduce to, to you and, and uh, you know to all of the viewers the project the Eight Continent. And I'm very happy you could have break the protocol and, and show the movie because as a design project, it's you know very important to show the actual design and, and the 3D of it. Uh, so now we are looking at the, uh, the outside of the eight continent, what is a floating station that it's aiming to clean the ocean and prepare an offer. Uh, an interdisciplinary platform for research uh, of the oceans and for education about what impact we as humans have on the ocean. The problem uh, is, uh, and the problem that the station is focusing on, uh, is the plastic waste and in general the the waste in the oceans, uh, because they are really heavily Polluted, And we don't really realize the extent of the pollution, because the oceans are so far away from us and, and this was problem for so many years that we couldn't have seen them the problem that is in the ocean but now thanks to you know, the satellites and, and the research we can know a bit more. So the station is uh, having this extended uh, arms with which um, the station is collecting and navigating the trash uh, from the ocean, from the surface. And uh, it is bringing it uh, towards the center of the station where the water is sucked in and the water is purified and, and cleared, and either it is returned to the ocean or uh, it is further uh, used for supporting uh, different processes on board. And the station, as a unique uh, hub uh, that it for researchers, uh, is as well using this water for the processes I said to actually be able to support the research community. Uh, so On the station, we don't have only the barrier that is navigating um, the water and the waste uh, uh, from the water to the collector. But we have as well water tanks uh, in which we can as well, you know, grow algae, we can uh, uh, fish farm or we can desalinate the water and use the water for uh, planting, for hydroponic planting in the greenhouses. And with this, we use the, the clean water uh, to really prepare and, and harvest nutritions uh, for the crops. Uh, so the last part that we now see in the blue is, uh, is actually the part for, for people, for the crew to live on board, and um, and it is uh, you know a, a part um, uh, where where they can. Uh, where a crew up to 50 members uh, can live and can support this community, uh, can support uh, the station as well, technically wise, but can as well support uh, through the research, the knowledge about the issues, the, the Uh, pollution that is in it, how we affect them, uh, but uh, at the same time study how they are cleaned through the process of the cleaning water of the station. Now we are looking at uh, one of the greenhouses, we can see the hydroponic plants um, and uh, the walls with the hydroponic plants and a little part of the water tank uh, at the bottom. And the station, there was one diagram that uh, we a little bit skipped, but uh, the station um, is not supposed to on its own clean the entire ocean, it is quite small in size, it is uh, 100 meters uh, what we see on the screen in the width, and it's 40 meters above uh, the water surface and 60 meters under. Uh, so when we are looking at the, the waste, it's currently only in, for example, the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, which should be, you know, the sizes of few times uh, France, uh, I'm from Slovakia, so I compared to 28 times Slovakia. So this tiny station would not be able to to kind of collect all of the waste on its own. So the idea was that it would uh, exist in the clusters of stations, where the one would be, you know, carrying um, the uh, all of the back of house and and all of the support facilities for the crew, and then the rest of them would be really just for collecting the waste, uh, recycling it uh, on on board. And uh, with that as well, we would create a lesser uh, impact on the water. So this is somehow the big idea, you know, it's it's a, a very, a uh, large project, uh, which is combining a lot of different technologies as well, when we are talking about you know, cleaning the water, when we are talking about desalination, the, um, the hydroponics, but uh, as well, the station should be really a self-sustainable station on the ocean. Uh, so it is with the barrier, which is navigating the water, uh, is as well collecting uh, the energy from the waves because they are hydraulic joints between the, the parts of the barrier. It's uh, collecting the solar energy uh, thanks to integrated solar panels in the greenhouses. Now we have a beautiful solar panels. Those are not like, you know, the sheets that maybe, you know, on all of the houses in, in Europe, but they can be really integrated into the glass and they can still allow the, the sand to go through. Um, there can be as well a secondary uh, use of, of water uh, of wind turbines to gain energy and as I was talking about the hydroponic cultivation as um, saw halophilic plants those like actually salty water uh, can be harvested uh, on the plant to create a biofuel a biofuel so the station is really trying you know to kind of connect all of these uh, large topics those are not uh, so it's not just only about the cleaning the separation of the waste the uh, uh, and, and this uh, recycling, but it's, uh, it's about as well studying how uh, we can, uh, you know, look at the, the problem of the, the dirty water, the problem maybe of uh, how as well we as a humanity have to look more towards the water as well as, a, uh, as we can inhabit it and, and create these self-sustainable uh, stations on it. So it's uh, it's interesting challenge, I would say.
0: It's just uh, this is this is really it, it's amazing. I'm, I'm uh, totally about obey it. The one thing that is constantly in the back of my mind, I think, God, that must be expensive. <laughs> I mean, this is all very custom made. It's kind of it's, it's the latest sort of like sort of computer aided design panels. Surely this must this must cost, you know, like a lot. I mean, what, what is the kind of you're thinking on the cost side of this?
1: I don't like to talk about the cost, you know, because you <laughs> cannot give a price tag on the sustainable part of it, that uh, we will clean the ocean. Uh, but uh, somehow like in the, uh, in, in the big numbers, I would say. Um, I come from, um, uh, you know, a building industry. I'm an architect and uh, I work most, most of the time on skyscrapers. And uh, you know, a skyscraper of two hundred fifty meter height uh, will be of a comparable cost to. to okay. To do. So, or it might be a bit more expensive. It depends on uh, you know how how well uh, really I, I would be able with the engineers uh, to um, to develop. Uh, the structure that can float like what are the problems with that but when we are comparing it to similar boats of these sizes you know there are many boats those are even bigger those are right now on the water or we are comparing it to to currently to the skyscrapers it is not a cost that that would be uh, radically different
0: how, how many people would be permanently stationed uh, on, 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 on this station
1: I was thinking about uh, you know 50, 50 members crew um, because it should not be a, a, a station for vocation. Uh, I, I get often this uh, this thing like, yeah, that would be really good uh, uh, you know uh, as a business model. So you, you can offer it for people to have vocation and you can make money. But uh, I think that's not the idea of the project because with that you would increase uh, you know, the pollution of the water, because you have to trans- transport the people there. And it would not be about the cleaning it so much as it would be about entertainment. Uh, so that's why the 50-member the uh, crew, it's not big, but it is, you know, kind of sustainable as well, uh, considering how much water uh, we need to clean, we need to desalinate, how much plant we can grow, uh, what is the size of the water tank, so as well that the station can really sustain them nutrition-wise on its own without you know bringing e- extensive amounts uh, from the shore so so 50 50 members so
0: if you're sort of saying that for this to be really as effective as you would like it to be you would see a cluster of these uh, of these of these cleaners i call them or whatever of these kind of uh, floating stations. but of course not all of them would have the, the kind of the quarters, the living quarters and all the other aspects of so the others would be pared down, but they still would have the cleaning uh, function functionality. Uh, but exactly. would you have to increase the number of people working on the station if you increase the number of the uh, the, the size of the cluster?
1: Um, I don't think so. I, I, I think, you know, anyway, it would be more technology driven. So. Um, it would be more like smart technologies and uh, AI and, you know, robotics and, and, and all of these. And anyway, the filtration of the water as well, you know, the filtration plants, we know from the world, it's not heavily, uh, you know, operated by, by humans. It's a lot of, Uh, industry equipment
0: and there's there's an education center you were saying or could be an education center there as well would that be mainly to broadcast from there or would you invite students onto the station to be educated on the station
1: i would i would like to invite the students so this would be part of the crew that it's kind of changing uh so what i was thinking is maybe two three weeks uh, uh you know uh, kind of seminars on board where you know the students can as well do some research can test something can help kind of uh, you know the the permanent researchers and can better get to know of course i, I mean if uh, if there would be you know the uh, if there are the researchers broadcasting would be possible of course a, p- a part of it now we all are you know into podcasts and everything so it definitely would be nice uh, but uh, and the idea was to to offer this to the researchers because uh, uh, I believe there is a need as I well heard from you know some people that are studying directions, that, that there is a need. there is a uh, it, it's important as well for the researchers to kind of test. Uh, you know, what is the quality of the water, how is the, you know, life behaving, when we start to clean it, I think it would be important to see, you know, how effective is really the station. Uh, Or as well, try to find out a a new principles or how we can really recycle um, the the waste, if we can, uh, and to what extent we can do it on board and, and improve this process over the years. Uh, because this should be like a hub where you can try these new technologies and you can develop farther because, of course, there is some knowledge we have now, but, but what we can do with all of this knowledge, when we can apply it in the middle of the ocean and, you know, continue developing
0: it. There, there's two kind of sort of, um, uh, if you like, organizations, existing organizations that are kind of, in. when you talk, that, that kind of come back to me, that I feel have a certain similarity. One, of course, is the International Space Station, Um, you know, which is also, again, it's used by indeed, even in at this very point by Russians and Americans, (laughs) Um, you know, and apparently they got on quite well in space. Um, And, um, and of course, and it is used by others as well. And they, you know, they essentially use it as a kind of as a research uh, a station, a shared facility. I don't know how they're organized. Organized, so sort of incorporated. What the actual uh, form uh, is there organizational form, but I know the other one that I that comes to mind is CERN, which is the the uh, particle accelerator in, in Switzerland. Uh, which is organized a bit like the EU as an international organization with states, with nations becoming members and then sending their scientists uh, there. You, have you had any thoughts about how you would incorporate this, how this could work? Would this be a, a public sector or a private sector initiative? Would this be a like many governments like an international organization or would this be led by a single government or a nation? What What is your thoughts on that? Uh,
1: to me, uh, it was more meant like something open, like, you know, a platform where um, private companies could come, uh, researchers, you know, from universities or, you know, a state driven organization could come because it would be, you know, a unique platform. So I, I don't think it, it should be just uh, you know, for for one entity. Uh, but I think this would be a more driven by when i will be enough happy to get the investments Uh, as this would as well depend on what is then the the model of the of the investors but i would imagine it to be to be more broadened
0: it's 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 really an amazing project i mean and it's, it's it's i mean i'm i have a sort of a uh, a bit of a split personality that in part of my life, I'm also involved in the arts and in another part, I'm involved uh, in, in democracy and business related uh, initiatives. And one of the things that I come across across all of these domains is that people very often are quite frightened of large ideas, because the large idea is kind of it commits you to something, at least in the public. that you may not be able to realize because it may be too big, too ambitious, too expensive. I mean, there's always a thousand ways of killing a cat, as they say. And, And certainly, if anybody would want to have a go at kind of killing this project, I'm sure there would be plenty of opportunity. How do you um how do you gather the courage and how do you what makes you kind of conceive of such large projects how do you what do you you know uh what's your reasoning or what's your kind of how do you kind of justify that you know for yourself um
1: when when they were talking about you know these two parts the art and somehow the politics as well uh, um i actually uh, have to tell you a story so um last year the Minister of Environment of Slovakia, he found this project uh, very exciting and, you know, he as well enabled me to exhibit it at uh, at the Dubai Expo, it was fantastic, but when we had the first meeting he said something, uh, what uh, I think nicely describes it that for example, waste is uh you know is a topic that we as a humanity we don't like to talk so much about it, you know. We want to always hide it. It's 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 not a topic you're gonna go for coffee with your friends and this
0: because it. we don't really have a solution for it, don't we? It's it's one of these problems <laughs> that if we if we if we make this a political project, we, we dig a hole for ourselves, don't we? Yeah,
1: yeah, but it, actually this project because it is it is a nice design and that uh through that design it's kind of opened this this possibility to discuss the waste more and you know this is what is important for me on this project that, and i think what is important in architecture maybe me as architects we don't use it so often is that we have you know the possibility to bring in the maybe sometimes crazy maybe sometimes you know large uh, projects those might might not you know become a reality but we can bring them um, you know, uh, to to the public and, and we can start with them, these larger discussions that can create a change. And, you know, maybe maybe I will never build it. I, I don't know, I really can't say it is a possibility, quite a large one, but, uh, you know, the, the project opened up the discussion, it was discussed all around the world and uh, uh, I am very excited about it. And uh, I'm excited that it had, this kind of impact on people, I'm excited that uh, kids from schools are sending me their projects about this uh, this station and how are they're implementing more recycling into their everyday life and and this is the educational part of the project that kind of took on before the project is built and and I think that it's very
0: exciting. It's yeah, it's 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 uh, there, there there is a. Um... It's a, it's a kind of a fine line, isn't it, between kind of trying to keep it as a, as a something that we want to think in terms of real, um, rather than it being a fantasy, because, of, of course, there is always this danger that we kind of drift into the realm of science fiction. Uh, and and then we, we we sort of lose touch uh, and it, it's then very difficult to use it in kind of in critical discourse. But I think you're trading a very fine line and I, I find it find it very exciting also, uh, especially at the moment where we do not really have so many positive versions of of the future that are actually taking into account the real problems we're facing. Uh, it they all tend to be quite dystopian. I mean you know whatever we uh, wherever we look. Um, and so, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, uh, you say you are mainly in high-rise. Of course, high-rise, a lot of people would sort of say it's not the most environmentally friendly building solution. Um, But, of course, there's also other arguments that would, you know, that you could put against it. But it is certainly something that people debate, Um, you know, whether you should build up or out or down and and all these kinds of things. Um, How... Where, where does it sit in, in your own professional practice? Is this sort of an outlier? Is this something that you, or are you trying to bring the kind of environmental concerns that are reflected in, in the eighth continent? Are you trying to bring that to your other building work as well?
1: Um, you know, in, in my everyday uh, work uh, and uh, like in the practice I, I, I work for, we always consider sustainability, sustainable principles. We look at the materials of the building. We look at ventilation, solar, you know, everything that is there and, and we look at how to implement it and make our buildings better performing better uh, more resilient and you know that they have a, a higher longevity and it is important definitely at this day and age it's it is important for every architect and but do you think not, i really
0: think uh, let me let me rephrase it do you think we are sort of getting to a point where if you like let me call it for the lack of a better word green architecture um would provide an architect with a competitive edge or are we still at a point where it's a sort of a a secondary consideration where square footage and yield and these kinds of traditional uh, uh, measures are still very much in the forefront? What what is your sort of sense there? Where where are we moving? Where's architecture moving at the moment?
1: I, I think it is at the forefront. You know the sustainability is really important, and uh, as well right now, um, you know we as architects we have a lot of certificates that you know we need to achieve, and the clients are pushing us to achieve, and these are all like the, the green certificates for the buildings, and and that is as well about like the materiality, the management of the building, the maintenance, and and so on and so forth, and it is really important, and it's the same important as for architects that for for the clients. That they can see that you know how is their building performing in the years. And mm-hmm. and there is a you know a big this there is a big difference, I think, also well, in the understanding what we might have understood 10, 20 years before, what is a green building, what is you know sustainable building. It doesn't mean that it has to be kind of a return to very basic design solutions. It it today it is about, you know. Understanding better the shapes, understanding better the performance of the building, uh, going for towards the new materials, and it is very exciting. And uh, uh, you know, it's it definitely the forefront.
0: If, if with, with the the, the uh, if you think about the eighth continent as a, and I found that a really interesting approach. If you think about it as if you like as an icebreaker, as um <laughs> yeah as, as 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 a discussion starter, um, then. Of course, what would be quite interesting is, is if one in the discussion wouldn't lose sight of the actual project, because, of course, both from an architecture point of view, but also from a personal point of view, surely it would be a huge triumph if this thing was going to be built at some point, wouldn't it? It would be really nice. So so, so, kind of is there a way for you to some keep them together without sort of losing, losing your audience? In other words, um, if, if you're talking to, I mean, you know, if you were to talk to, to, to Alan Musk, and you know who, you know known for kind of extravagant uh, projects, um, and he would sort of say, Well, yeah, it's great, but we have to have the cost. And just as an example, yeah. Would this for you would this be for your deal breaker? Because you would have to then really rethink the concept, or would you be happy to engage in this kind of discourse? In other words, would you be prepared to take the project along? Almost as if you know that it starts a discussion, but it kind of goes beyond that in a sense that it then adjusts so that because the discussion if if, if if the object of discussion remains static then the discussion at some point will run its course and it'll be done everything will be discussed about that structure but if the structure um, evolves alongside the discussion and takes these ideas on board then surely you know what one, one could sort of wonder whether there is an opportunity for, for a large participatory project if you know what i'm trying to get at yes yes
1: so for me, it's very important that the design would develop, and uh, I see this in my everyday practice, and you know, of course, budget is is a big question, and and there are always going to be a cost cut, and there are going to be replacement of materials, and there are going to be rational, uh, rationalization, and, and this is, you know, just part of everyday life, and I think as architects, we should not be, and we are not really afraid of it. Um, we are... Still trying to, you know, always sustain the design and and the design intent uh, as as much as we can, and it's really important. But I think it's important that uh, as well that the the design develops with, you know. Knowing more about the technology, knowing more about the structure, and I think this is for me actually the very exciting part to kind of moving forward with the eight continent, To to have the engineers on board and to be able to discuss with them how we could make it better, how maybe you know some geometry has to change, but that means that we can have much better technology for the cleaning or for the collecting of, uh, of the trash and. Um, you know, a uh, design that it's not informed by, uh, you know, some design, some different elements. It's it's not really a design it's only art. So so, you know, for for a good design and architecture to really work, it has to have this this feedback from from the engineers and and from the wider uh, stakeholders.
0: Uh, and the wider stakeholders are the group that I'm kind of yeah. I would cut myself to the, the group of the wider stakeholders. Um, and I find probably that to me probably would be the key to the project. I mean, for example, um, take universities. Um, I mean, like going back to like CERN and Switzerland, I mean, it, it is a kind of an international organization. Yes, government or nations become members, but they do become members so that their universities and their businesses Gain access to to CERN and can do their physical experiments and their whatever uh, like there and send students there to do their PhDs and, and, and all the rest so it's a sort of a kind of a, a research infrastructure that governments share same of course goes in some ways for the International Space Station, I, I kind of wonder you know isn't that the kind of project where you would want to get. Like sort of the 10 leading universities of this world from the US, from Europe, from Asia, uh, uh, and, and so on, together sort to of say, well, you know, how about you know, we form a consortium um, and see whether we can push this forward? Um, not necessarily with the intention that exactly that floating station is going to come out in the end, but that a solution comes out in the end that meets the criteria that, that, that you have set out. Um, can you see this kind of process uh, or something like that happen?
1: I think it would definitely would be an interesting way how to you know approach uh, this this problem and how to maybe maybe bring it uh, the next step. And as you say, maybe maybe the station would not be the outcome. Maybe there would be a different outcome to it. Maybe it would be about uh, building you know some some different designs closer to the shore to kind of collect the trash before it kind of breaks to parts, because right now I had the station floating in the ocean in the garbage patch, which is already a kind of different state. So. Uh- I think it would be exciting way how to, how to approach it and, and discuss you know, with really the leading universities as well in, in the problematic of the, the water cleaning or uh, the, the ocean studies and, and so on and so forth, right? hydraulics, and, and kind of have a look with them at, uh, at what, what could be the solution and kind of inform back the design or, or develop with them another solution in a different project.
0: I mean, I think this idea of it not just being a functional cleaning device, but to combine this with research uh, and to combine this with other functions, the have of that. To me, it feels like that is is part of the key, is not that it? it's part of it's part of getting people excited about this, and also sort of seeing it not just. As a sort of a solution to a problem, but also a window to an opportunity, yes. uh, and I think to keep that in balance, to not think of it just as a problem, but to think of it in a forward-looking way as a window. I think that is that is that's exactly this. I think it's a very very promising, uh, promising approach. um Have you used this idea of architecture, uh, you know, as a sort of as a, if you like, as, as a as an icebreaker or as a sort of a starting point for discussion in other contexts,
1: I had one another project which I would uh, say had a twist like this. But uh, uh, there was a project which was looking at uh, the Antarctica, and uh, it was uh, actually about creating a bioprospecting station in Antarctica, because there the problem was that you know as uh, that the globe is getting warmer. Actually, the stations, those are for uh, our seeds. in, uh, I think it's Norway, I don't remember now, but uh, they are having a problems to keep them enough cool, cool, cool down uh, because they need to use a lot of energy to do it now, as you know, the global warming. So when I was looking at the bioprospecting station in Antarctica, it was about bringing on one hand the, the seed bank Antarctica because it is still the coldest point but it's as well there are starting to be researches in Antarctica because of as well ice melting there there are becoming new seeds viruses that we didn't know before so bioprospecting is is interesting for that location um but you know again it is it's a large project and it's a controversial topic because Antarctica is as well uh, you know part of the globe that we don't really want to touch or disturb yeah. and uh, but my approach was not to really disturb it It was kind of bring there the seeds that we need to protect because we may still <laughs> need them <laughs> and they're very important for us so it was somehow like to to uh, to protect them in the land where it's already protected uh, but as as it might not be as well such a immediate problem let's say now the waste is a bigger of issue and it's an issue that it's still kind of closer to us and we see now more immediately and i think that's as well part of it why the project the eight continent kind of took on a a bigger dominance
0: does have the Continent is is there some kind of any social structure i don't want to say an organization but are are there people out there that have offered help are there is there kind of a support group are there kind of like say engineers that have kind of you know you know just contributed some time to kind of solve problems do you have a sort of a community surrounding this project um and is there any kind of ongoing kind of dialogue within that community is this uh, or how how do you how how you know what's the status of the project at the moment
1: so i started to discuss with few of the companies um and um, I had this really large, uh, great opportunity at the Dubai Expo to, you know, meet with few of them. Those are, you know, dominant in the water cleaning and purifying, and this is very important for the station. So, so there are some discussions, uh, there are discussions with universities, those are as well, you know, engaged with engineering, so to see how their students could be engaged within this project and uh, and how we can you know start with some smaller tasks to address these different um issues so i think the support group is uh, you know starting to form it's forming and it is uh, interesting to see and hopefully it, it will be able to develop farther and farther over over the next year
0: i mean you have plenty of experience with large scale projects and i, I guess you know you, you develop a sort of a sixth sense of how you know, when kind of sort of like sort of the slow movement turns into standstill. How would you describe the project at the moment? I mean, what's the, what's your sort of like your your perfect timeline? You know, I mean of course it's 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 something I'm I'm not trying to nail it down to anything, but just to get a sense of <clears throat> how far away we are from seeing something form. You know, but with a, like a, like say as a skyscraper, you would be talking anything five to 20 years wouldn't you i mean it could be a long time before a large building or an airport or whatever i mean they can take i mean the airport in berlin took i mean forever to build um so so what what kind of like on your own private timeline how do you how do you see this i mean in a perfect ideal world how do you see this develop would this be done by 2030 by 2040 by 2050 where do you see this go
1: it's a good question, and uh, you know, as you say, the projects, the like architecture projects, they have a very different timelines, and yeah, from from five years to to twenty and so on. But um, as well, when uh, you know mm, what I'm used to from from my experiences on the uh, on the skyscrapers, let's say, just the, the project development would be around five years and then it's starting the, the construction period. And this is somehow what I would expect on, on this. I think five years to be somehow the timeline to have the project developed, to be able to, you know, have this discussion about the technologies, to have the first prototypes run, to, you know, to really go on the water and, and build something smaller scale and, and develop the materials. I think the five years is the minimum and then so, we would start about the construction
0: so so i mean a lot of people talk about this window we have with climate change actually a lot of things people sort of say similar things about the european union as well funnily enough you know like in terms of reform and all the rest there, we, we seem to have we seem to have a at a point of you know ra- you know radical or fundamental change in so many areas and there's a sort of kind of sense that we have a sort of a 10-year window well, between now and 2030, 35, I mean, that roughly that kind of, where we have to meet certain climate targets, where certain reforms in Europe have to happen, where we have to get a handle on proliferation of, you know, weapons of mass destruction. There's so many issues where we sort of feel there's a sort of a window. If we don't basically get get things under control within that timeframe, then they could really derail. From what you're saying, and I think plastics is a similar kind of, it falls into a very similar timeframe, really. Um, so from what you're saying is, is we're not too late for this. So we're kind of, we're on this timeline. So given a sort of a sense of urgency and given this kind of awareness that these things now need to happen, you know, it seems to me that if the right people get on board and if, you know, capable people coordinate this, that this may well happen within a 10-year time frame.
1: I think so. I, I I think it's possible, as you say, but there is one another aspect that is kind of a bit more political that um, I think we have to as well engage to this station be really as um, successful, you know, as, as it should be in, in cleaning the ocean. And that's that, that the waste management all around the globe has to change, because if we just create these stations and we have them out in the ocean and they you know gather the, the the debris but if we don't stop bringing the debris to the oceans you know there is no chance for them to just clean it there has to be the stop and this stop has to be political so so there is you know there has to be these two steps and one we have to clean the water but we have as well to kind of change the mentality already uh, yes at the point when we start to the water but the better would be before we do it so we kind of Really manage to to not have this enormous amount of waste coming um, to to the water.
0: But, but the beauty about your project, of course, is is that it addresses both of those both of those dynamics, isn't it? It kind of it it helps us to shape our thinking about the future and to think in terms of the changes that we need to <clears throat> make possible in our lifestyles and our way of looking at at the world and the way we sort of exploit. The world our sort of sort of extractive kind of mentality uh, on the one hand and on the other hand we have to clean up our mess and and, and, and in a way this project beautifully deals with those two aspects um, why should I change my you know my way of being when the future is just hell you know so if, if we cannot have a positive you know like a desirable a, a sort of aspirational vision of the future then obviously change is going to be much more difficult. Um, so, and of course the, the, the station itself also provides, if you like a, a platform where some of this debate, uh, you know, certainly could crystallize. I mean, obviously it needs to be much wider, uh, than just focused on this, on, on, this particular project, but it, this project would be one of those sort of lighthouses, you know, that would emanate, you know, the, the kind of, um, the, the, the sort of the, the attitudes and the kind of the awareness, uh, that, that, that we need to, to, to move, to move through, through this period of change. Um, so, um, in terms of your, your, your kind of, you're your thinking about um, sort of. Do you have any sort of particularly next steps that that, that are kind of um, uh, that, that you're sort of contemplating what what you should or what could be done next for this project to, to you know to to have a sort of to move forward? So are there any kind of specific steps that you that you are planning or that that you would like to see happen?
1: For me it's development uh, with the engineers the development of the technology. And I think this is really crucial to as well, make this project viable to, you know, the investors um, and uh, if, if I would be able not only, you know, to, to get it in a theoretical way, but to get as well to the building of the first prototypes that, that would be somehow, you know, my target to do this as soon as possible to, um, you know, Uh, Be able to start the discussions with the investors and and start to do then build bigger, uh, bigger mockups and and bigger models and maybe small stations, those could, you know, kind of start to clean onshore and kind of with that moving towards the ultimate goal.
0: Just one question that I just remember somebody asked me, and I'm, I'm sure that there may be quite a few viewers that wonder that as well. That station, how will it make sure that it doesn't suck in fish and other living organisms? I mean, in, in other words, that it doesn't kind of, kind of, does it only takes out debris and not, not the good stuff, Beet beet jellyfish, beet fish, beet. I mean, other things that should, should stay in the water. Do, are there filters built in or how does this work?
1: Um, so, the, the one of the first ideas uh, was that, uh, you know, in general, uh, kind of the trash is in the top level uh, layers of the water. This is where usually the fishes are not.
0: Oh, okay. Then, so it's at the top oh, yeah.
1: yeah. So it's at, at the top layer. And then there would be as well like a netting. So it would protect, uh, you know, to a certain depth so that the fishes will not go close um, to the mechanism that is sucking the water. Uh, and then there would be different filters, so I think it would be also well possible, you know, maybe at at the first filters to to be somehow able to, um, in case there is still some living organism to to make sure to kind of. Return it back to the ocean, but this is one of the technologies that is, you know, it's so crucial, and it will be so interesting to, you know, develop with the engineers closer. I don't have a company yet that, uh, you know, I'm in discussion about this particular technology, but I, I think we can definitely find the solutions.
0: Yeah, I mean, because the, the, the you know, it's like what, the, I think there's sort of probably almost almost an opportunity also for artificial intelligence, isn't there? Because you know, there, there may be a way of sort of active filtering, and. Um, and 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 so it's 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 quite interesting this this question how do you make sure that you only filter out the debris and, and 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 not not the, the other stuff.
1: I think this would be a, so a very uh, crucial question you know, when we would look into how to actually clean the sea bottom, because. Uh, This is very difficult, and uh, there it would be more about, you know, suction and and really getting the trash from the depth of the sea, and there it could be more problematic about, you know, how is it uh, uh, destroying really the seabed. The project is not looking at that, but it was you know something good I was looking at as a as a next step as well, because when we are looking at the Great Pacific Garbage page, I have again the comparisons in the size of Slovakia, but I think it was around so there is a 28 times the area of Slovakia on the on the top layer, but there is 65. Uh, times area of Slovakia on the bottom of the seabed so there is enormous amount of trash which which we will have even bigger problem to remove and uh, that needs you know another solution too and and that is a challenging one and I think even more than the one to remove it from from the top
0: layer so um one, one, one last question um, and this is a, a question that uh, this is something I, I have that have noticed with other people also on on, on, on on Reboot have come up with very innovative solutions, but they have not come through a movement like a social movement or an environmental movement, but they have come to it, for example, from a business perspective as business people. Um, and they found that the, the movements weren't necessarily as supportive as they had initially hoped. Um, what, is your, what is your experience been in kind of taking this into like taken to the public did you have a very welcoming a very warm kind of uh, sort of uh, uh, reception from the environmental lobby like the green pieces of this world or or what is the kind of how how do they respond to this
1: i don't know if i talk with green and if i did i'm very sorry but i i, I am not exactly sure with those if i spoke um, I, I spoke with many, many interesting organizations within the last two years, and uh, I had most of the time a, a good feedback. Uh, I I don't think many people would come to me and, and really criticize it, you know, it's, uh, um, and I think it's so different if you are really doing something that is business driven, you know, this is not really a, a for now, a business-driven project. I mean, the premise is to to clean the ocean and to start the discussion and and uh, to you know everything what we just talk about. And uh, so maybe that's why um, the society. But did you have?
0: Do you have? I mean, for example, uh, I mean, I mean, surely this could be quite a sort of a stepping stone project, and it could as not just start the discussion, but be an active first step to do something about a, a very concrete problem. Do, do you, have you had office of support, be it on the fundraising side, being on the marketing side, be it on the kind of awareness building side from WWF, from any of the big global environmental uh, sort of charities? Uh, has there been any response like say from the environmental agency at the UN? And, and there's other kinds of environmental organizations who essentially would be in the same business, if you like. Um, Has there been, have there been kind of helpful? I mean, yeah, people, it it is a really exciting project, but did their kind of response go beyond that? So they said, well, let, let, you know, let us help you or, you know, in in any way, or what's the, what's the relationship there?
1: Um, I have to say I have a great support from the Slovak Ministry of Environment and Environmental Agency and uh you know they enabled me to buy expo and they are supporting the project and in in exhibiting it and uh uh, so that would for me be like from the big organizations you you just mentioned uh, that is one of the biggest one um i'm as well the the ocean advocate but is um Part of the European Union program, so I have a support there, and it's more like like a youth forum uh, where many of the projects that are you know kind of concerned about uh, the quality of water and cleaning the water, and uh, for now it is at this stage. So I hope you know by the time there would be someone uh, from the organization you met. Uh, or you you mentioned and uh, m- maybe maybe they would be um you know interested in the project
0: there's one organization that also i, I think it kind of keep i keep going on one in fact one individual and organization that i wonder and that's charles schwab you know the, the world economic forum um because that of course would be a platform where this project would sit quite comfortably um have you have you had any contact with the the, the world economic forum about this um, maybe to, you know, to present it there, you know, next February or, or, or something or, you know, uh, or maybe to get, get some support. Uh,
1: when you mentioned the, the World Economic Forum, actually from the informal World Economic Forum, uh, um, I received the Peace Prize for this project. What was a, a, a beautiful award. and nice. I really appreciate it. Uh, so, yeah, the, there are various, um, you know uh supports from from organizations
0: excellent well this is really this really amazing um, and um it, if if any architecture student or young architect um is inspired by this and 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 wants to come up with their own scheme what would be your word of advice to them
1: in with their own scheme for their own kind versions, of structure or, or
0: their own kind of architectural project to if you like get a discussion started on that scale, like a a large ambitious project like yours.
1: Yeah, so I think the important thing is, uh, you know, how you position it within the real world and uh, to look as well at the technologies and and how it can, uh, you know, be comparable to what we know already now. And this is also interesting about the eight continent because we have right now hydroponic cultivation. We have right now ways how to purify water and how to desalinate it and, and how to do you know everything what I just mentioned, the the hydraulic joints for collecting the wave energy, you know, the solar panels integrated into the glass. All of the elements I I integrated to a certain extent are out there. Uh, they would need, you know, some, some changes to, to kind of fit to this special case study, but it is not just something out of the blue that it's not relatable to. So I, I think that it's important for, you know, the students of, of architecture to, to start to, when they start to develop their project, to, to look at what is out there and try to position the project within the real world
0: excellent excellent well thank you very much this has been been a really interesting conversation um and uh, I can really only hope that this project is going to move forward that we hear loads about it in the in the years to come if people want to know more about about it um, your website is dot uh, isn't it yes uh, so they can go there, they can find information there. Are there any other information sources that you think people should have an eye on?
1: Uh, um, actually, I've update my Instagram quite often. I don't know if there's a reliable source of information. Okay. <laughs> but I have Instagram where I post a lot about the uh, exhibitions of these projects. And uh, you know... Um, the publication of the projects or any development with that. So if if people are interested, uh, it is Lanka uh, Lenka Petak on, on Instagram and they can find there um, you know some more about the project and, and definitely more than what is on my webpage right now.
0: And if 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 it just so happens that we have a serious um, investor or uh, institutional Policy maker or somebody who could actually really help you at a, at a senior level to move this project forward? Would these people contact you through the website or through uh, uh, through Sada Hadid Or how would you how, how how would people get in touch with you?
1: Um, they can contact me through my website. There is uh, um, a contact form, but they can also write me on my email, and it's petrakova uh, at uh, now i have to tell it right
0: the eightcontinent.org. excellent excellent okay so um well the what i will do is is uh maybe if you send me all the kind of the, the the instagram and these once more by email i will link that then to 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 this to this video so that people can have the links uh on 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 the uh, on the video here as well if they if they look at it later
1: Thank you very much. It was really a pleasure to, to talk to you and, and I hope the viewers know and learn something interesting. It's, been, it's
0: interesting. been a great pleasure. It's been a great pleasure. And, and most importantly, it's been really amazing to meet you and to, to find out who this amazing person is behind this, this great project. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Have a good day.
1: Bye-bye.